The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. Come and join experienced property investors and mortgage brokers, Ken and Glenn, as they get the answers to the questions you've been waiting to ask. Nothing is off the table as they dive headfirst into all things property related. This is the podcast you never knew you needed, but now cannot live without The Property Den with Ken and Glenn. We are the Sultans of Swing or London Town. Did it, did it, did it, No, right. I think we need us to what? Dire Straits. I, well, I know who it is. I know. <laughs> listen, I know. I know it's the Sultans of Swing, is, is Dire Straits, one of the greatest bands ever created. Yes. No, I was just saying you're in Dire Straits. Oh, I'm in Dire Straits. <laughs> <laughs> you bugger. Uh, see, we'll have to make that explicit now because I said the word bugger. Uh, but be careful about this. You know, we might, well, the kiddies won't be able to listen. Oh, you know, won't dear. be able to have it on in the car. Mummy, yeah. Daddy, what did that man just say on the radio? Uh, yeah, I know. I know. See, I don't say anything like that. No, you don't, do it's you? Just, it's, no, it's just you, Ken. It is just me. It is. Yeah, I have noticed. How Thanks are you anyway? Learned. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Listen, my life, my life's been quite busy. Um, mm. I mean, as I as I know, yours has. So mm. this week we had Halloween. So did you yes. see my little poster me in the car? That was terrifying. It was funny, wasn't it? So I, I, had to, you, I had to go to the scouts. Right. It was a Halloween and party. And you and you had them all in the car. No, I didn't. No, of course. I, no, I don't have children that goes to scouts. <laughs> that's that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> no, no, I got. <laughs> I got roped in. Me and my wife got roped in because we have friends <laughs> who are scout leaders. Uh, right. We did Ben Nevis Three Peaks and all that jazz with them. And we said, oh, this is amazing. They said, oh, if you like this, why didn't you come and become a scout leader or a helper? And then you can come on this, the stuff that we do. And I thought, trade off. Not really keen on all the kids, but I really want to do the adventure stuff. <laughs> so I said, yeah, OK. So Lisa dressed up on Monday for Mondays. That's her shift. Wednesdays is my shift. We have grown up kids, mate, 21, 22. Mm. We don't have kids in the Scouts. And so I dressed up as that court jester with the scary makeup. Yeah. And I just thought I, it was like a clown car, isn't it? I've got this little smart car. I squeezed myself into it. I've yeah. got the, the, the sort of the, the jester hat on. Yeah. And I came up to the zebra crossings and I just parked. And obviously I'm watching the people crossing. And they just looked at, like double taken. It was hilarious. It just looked terrifying, if I'm honest. You looked was, like you, you was going to be on the news. Lisa absolutely wet herself. She was at the door <laughs> taking that picture. She wet herself. She ran in and got her phone to take a picture because she was just creased. <laughs> absolutely creased. And if people haven't seen it, go on LinkedIn and look at your profile. Go on LinkedIn. Put, yeah. Put post on. I did. I put it on TikTok as well. I just oh, did you? Was, cool. Yeah. I, put, I thought it was really good. Um, but so, the, yeah. So my, my week's been filled with Halloween, the kids, obviously Scout. You've taken on a new venture, haven't you? You've, you've Mine just was just as new... wild. Absolutely yeah. wild. I've just uh, taken on an allotment. That sounds wild. Absolutely wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know you know me, So, and some of the listeners may know, I love uh, my downtime is doing a bit of gardening. I know it sounds boring, but it's why I love, so I don't care. Um, growing the own veg and all that sort of stuff. And um, not very green-fingered, but I give it a go. Had some successes this year. Well, anyway, I wanted to... Um, upscale it with steroids and um inquired about an allotment which i knew there's a huge waiting list for uh, it just so happens that um one become available right near uh, in my town and uh yeah and i went and look and i've taken it on and um yeah so i'm going to be wait. very very busy yeah yeah so i've had an allotment for about six years now and uh, so i understand the joys the joys of allotment um, I think it's, a it's great just community. getting away from a laptop, isn't it? It's getting, it's getting away. It's getting away. It's de-stressing. Yeah, yeah it, it is a great thing. And I know a lot of our listeners, when when we post on LinkedIn, that oh yeah, we do that, we do this. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of like-minded people, I think, and also the you know the green side of it. You know, the fact that it's 
all organic is amazing. Yeah. Um, cool. So yeah, so that's that is a great. We're going to watch out for that. Going to be lots of information coming our way from you and your adventures of turning your allotment into something. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to be doing a new TikTok channel on it as well. I've got to think of a name. I've had loads of great I've names you, coming I've in. I told you the name. Yeah. You just want to be involved in it, Ken, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the allotment it's... den with Ken and Glenn. Yeah. 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 Oh. I don't understand why you haven't just jumped on that. I thought it was mm. really good. Um, so... I suppose, yeah, I suppose we get into it, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> this is a property, a property and mortgage investors type of podcast where we talk about everything. But so the mm. market, let's get into the market base rate. We said last yeah. week we thought it was going to hold. And what yep. did it do, Glenn? Hold. It did 5.25. Oh, 5.25 yes. indeed, which is really good news, isn't it? Really mm. positive. Mm. Um, and lots of lenders, even before that, were bringing their rates down. So we were seeing that. Um, yeah. I know Coventry. They're making a rate reduction as well today, uh, but it seems to be good news all around on that. Seems to be a continuing theme. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the bit, it, it seems that a little bit of pressure has been eased off. Um, you know, it's not time to get complacent, as the Bank of England governor said, but it is a positive move. Um, and yeah, it's positive for everyone. And like, I know we're going to cover off some really, really good bits and pieces today in this in this podcast um which again is all sort of positive for people moving forward looking to buy property and stuff like that mm -hmm. um but uh, but yeah overall bank of england happy days let's hope it continues and then starts to uh drop yeah i think uh, that complacent word was thrown around a lot wasn't it by the mm. by the governor so you know let's not be complacent da, 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 da. but i think he's right i think this is you know if we've hit the peak you know, we can't just expect it to race back down the hill. It's going to be mm. a gradual thing, but we've got to take it step by step. And there's lots of other factors that they've got to take into it. Um, I saw an announcement, uh, an announcement, a study commissioned by the Coventry Building Society. Love Coventry. I think they're a great lender. Mm. Showed that the stamp duty on average priced properties in London is 356 times higher than a similar property in the East Midlands. I'm going to say that again. Stamp duty on average on properties in London 356 times higher than similar properties in Midlands. That is staggering, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is just outrageous, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, like the, it's tens of thousands, isn't it? For... Yeah. I mean, I, 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 may, I may be making this number up. Oh, no, I, I, I would be making that number up. It was the ULES. <laughs> uh, do you know, I had this figure in my head from ULES. ULES, oh. they're making like, I don't know, millions a week on ULES. Yeah. Um, which we won't go into because it's got nothing no. to do with property, but that's the number <laughs> in my head. But the thing is as well now is that the commentary, the, the chap from commentary who did the report, he was saying also that there are these rumours sort of filtering through, and we've, we've touched on this before, that in the autumn, when they do their announcement in, in the autumn, that there may be, may be some movement on stamp duty again. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe there will be some stamp duty incentives. Maybe they'll do what they did before when, when we had the lockdown, COVID, wouldn't that be good if they would just say, you know what, let's just do a holiday on stamp duty. Let's stop stamp that, duty for a bit. Do you know what? I think, yeah, or I think for people that have already paid stamp duty, you don't pay stamp duty again on your next move. I think there's a, you know, that would be an incentive to move the market. Mm. It stalls the market and people sit. So I'm all for people paying something because obviously it goes back into everything else within the, within the country. So they can't just stop it. But I do think it should be maybe a fixed fee tiered and then once you've paid it once 
you don't have to pay it again unless it gets over a silly threshold yeah. where you've obviously doing extremely well in life. Like for instance, if you're buying a million pound property, then you've got to pay something extra. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I I'm going to throw in there though, but you say a million pounds now, but a million mm. pounds, you could have an average family mm. in a million pound property just purely because of the equity in the property has grown. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in and around me, I've got Finchley not far away from me and, You've got like um, you've got like Millionaires Row down there, where all the Arabs have properties just sitting there. They can yeah. maybe once or twice a year take all their flash cars out, and the property's like 60, 70 million pounds. Yeah, I think you know, I think the threshold may be a little bit higher. If, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, I totally bit. agree. Yeah, and I just think I think the point is I think they need to do something where if you are super rich, well done. You shouldn't yeah. be penalised. However, you can probably afford to take a little bit of a hit. Whereas yeah. I think it's the middle man and lady that is gonna is suffering because they want maybe want to move to get an extra bedroom, but it's gonna cost them say twelve and a half or eighteen grand yeah. to move, and they're like, well, we don't we don't want to throw that away, so we'll just sit. And then if they just sit, that means that's another property not on the market, and it stalls it. And this is also where people are saying, well, is there any scope for us to do work on our property? Or if there isn't, then, you know, we'll just have to stay and that's just the way it is. But then you mm. find people remortgaging instead, well, not remortgaging, but doing further advances or just trying to extend their own properties rather mm. than moving. That stalls the market. Yeah. Um, and I think the other sector that's been affected is, is obviously the new build market. You know, that slowed right down. Um, and if there was a stamp duty incentive there, then obviously that would research that. And don't forget, it's not just, if you think new builds, yeah, they're not building so many houses, but the knock-on effect. So if you think builders are not being paid, the trades, gas, electric, water, all these different tradesmen that would come in, plumbers, um, they aren't working. And then if you think, well, people have got to furnish the home, so then the furniture shops are not selling, which means mm -hmm. the guys that are making the furniture are not getting there. People that sell carpets, lights. There's so many gardeners that come in, maybe you know, do some landscaping. There's so many knock-on effects of the new build market. If, if that's not moving, that, mm -hmm. you know, so many impacts. I mean, it's crazy. It's like a domino. It is, and it's about supply and demand, isn't it? If mm. there's not a sub, you know, if there's not enough properties on there, it's going to inflate house prices. People are going to, it just stalls the market. They need to make a, um, they need to make something drastic. But again, it's not, not to the extreme of right. Let's completely have a holiday again for another year, no stamp duty. The the, com the country just can't afford that. Even if it was something like, first time buyers don't pay stamp duty at all, mm. whatever the volume, whatever the price is, because they're starting out, yeah. and everyone else has to pay two thousand pounds. Whatever yeah. the purchase price of your property, everybody, you so watch. Not, not getting rid of it. it. Yeah, not yeah. getting rid of it totally, but maybe finding a way, a mechanism that just makes the, makes it an incentive to get on the ladder, makes, I agree. It, makes it easier to move around. Uh, yeah. Done. Okay. Yeah. Right. Rishi, we'll, we'll get that. We'll get, get, that in, sword. get that in writing then. Yeah, get it sword, <laughs> Rishi. Come on, autumn's coming. <laughs> She's got to be listening. <laughs> yeah, of course she is. What should I do this year to create a little bit more conservative favor? Let's listen, listen to the Kevin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right cool um the search terms so there was uh, another report sorry there's lots of reports so we're just hitting on a few of them that we think are quite informative so a popular criteria mortgage criteria search um which we which a knowledge bank has sort of published is that one of the most con most popular searches is maximum age at the end of the term mm -hmm. so brokers people just searching generically are saying how old how old can i be at the end of a mortgage term how far can i go um that doesn't surprise me does it, it does it surprise you either not really because people are 
I mean, I'm even having conversations. We, I did have conversations like this anyway with people, but it's more so now because people are looking at their exit plan and their end game. And I literally had a conversation with someone yesterday um, that had been existing customers of mine for years. Um, they're in their sort of late 40s. And I said about extending the term. And the previous years has always been about knocking it down, knocking it down, yeah. knocking it down. And they're just like, do you know what? We're probably going to inherit some money. We're not going to have a mortgage forever. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but let's not, you know, have a massive payment every single month. We'll extend the term and then cross yeah. that bridge. And I think people's mindset now are just like, we just need to be able to afford to keep the roof over our head. Yeah, I think that's the overriding thing. How can we make it affordable now? Well, if we mm. can extend the term, it doesn't mean that we have to keep it that long. I mean, if rates mm. start coming down to more reasonable levels, affordable levels, then you can always change it, can't you? I think that's the thing, there's yeah. flexibility within there, but taking it out to the eighth degree, the nth degree, you know, as far as you can, just makes it easier now, then that's got to be something that people have got to consider. Yeah. So I think that's good. The other search term which has been used a lot is, uh, and this one's been knocking around for a while, is joint borrower sole proprietors seeing a surge in the residential sector. And mm -hmm. they, they basically think that it's brokers, they're looking for creative ways to sort of help with the cost of living crisis and how can we help people get on the, the property ladder so the joint yeah. borrower sole proprietor is one that's been searched. And I think that's that's something that some people may have heard of, JBSP. And there's some people that maybe have never heard of it. Uh, but I think it's a really good tool to try and help. I mean, I've used it recently for a couple of clients. Uh, is it something mm. that you use? Do you get many? I have used. Yeah, I have used. And my team have used it as well. Um, it's, you know... It's really similar to, to make it simple. It's like you obviously got to take professional advice with the details, um, but it's like a guarantor, really. You know, if you've got a parent, which is they can they can you can use their income to boost your amount of borrowing. But you're on the mortgage and your parent isn't on the mortgage um, or on the deed. So they're sort of like a back. It's like if you were renting and then you get a guarantor to to give the landlord a bit of confidence um it's similar to that obviously legally it's more involved so you need to go through the terms and conditions with your lender or your broker um but it does give people that extra boost and also it reduces the risk to the actual guarantor as well yeah. so you don't think like oh i'm going to move into my house but my mum or dad is going to be the guarantor but they're like well i'm on it now so i want to change the color of the house and i want to do this and you're like hang on a minute you don't you don't want to be doing that so um it gives people a bit of peace of mind either yeah. side I think there's there's a few mechanisms that are out there, like top slicing for buy-to-let, joint borrower sole proprietor for, for purchasing. I think there's a mm. few different tools in the arsenal kit of, uh, of brokers that they can bring out. And maybe the clients haven't heard of, or haven't explored, which will just give them a glimmer of hope that maybe there is something that can be done to help them. So when people are out there and they, they're thinking, should I use a broker or should I go direct to the bank? This is definitely one of the plus sides about using a broker is their skill set and their, their out-of-the-box thinking, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah cool. absolutely. Now, you did a post on Tickety Talk, which you've done really well with it. It's really yeah. gone mental. Yeah. Uh, why are landlords hated, Glenn? Why? Why are landlords hated? Why are we the Why are we the criminals? The people of uh, you know they go around with pitchforks. Do you know what? I only put it on there because it was a scenario that happened to me recently, and I'm a landlord, and I'm a I feel like I'm a good landlord. If there's ever a problem, like we said before, handsome landlord. Oh, thank you very much. That's very good. You always look very good on these podcasts. I don't Tenants like don't care about that, do they? They do not. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, yeah, so basically it, a tenant, a long story short, a tenant just left. They had 12 months left on their tenancy. They decided not to pay their rent and just disappeared. So we're left holding the can, trying to sort the whole thing out. It's a real mess. Um, and we're still going through it all now. Um, 
and I put a post on there about sort of like people's opinions um, and what they thought, you know, the tenant was right, tenant was wrong. So it really, and, you know, I think it's like on over 300 and something thousand views and it was like nearly a two minute video. Um, and everyone's just, there was so much sort of like, obviously landlords saying this is outrageous, you know, do this, do that. And there was a lot of pe- other people which were saying you deserve it. Um, you, you know, you're <laughs> the leech of society. Oh dear. And it was like, there was, no, there was no need for it. Um, yeah. and it was just very much about, you know, landlords are just hated for some reason. And I just think, I don't, I can understand some, but I don't know why everyone is getting, you know, covered with that. All the landlords are getting that. You can't like, get tarred with the same brush. There are some, I didn't, some I didn't want to say that phrase. I didn't even know whether we could say that phrase. What's hard? hard with the same brush is that allowed to be said now yeah yeah there's nothing there's nothing oh, okay cool there's nothing untoward with being tarred with the same brush it does that i know where you're coming from yeah we're safe okay cool <laughs> i'm pleased you said hr it. hr can you check please pr check <laughs> <laughs> yes it's all safe <laughs> <laughs> yeah french wiggle request i uh, no, you're quite right we shouldn't all be tarred with the same brush you and i are very same same thinking in regards we we won't put a tenant in a property that we wouldn't live in ourselves you want them to be happy there. You want long, long-term long tenants. You want them to be living in a home that is that is good. I've got a tenant at the moment that is stripped off a wall because it was moisture coming in the wall. And um, and they sent me a video of it. And I'm, I'm like shocked. I'm like, I, that's awful. We've got to do something about that. Let's get somebody mm-hmm. in. Let's take somebody to have a look at it. Whereas there are landlords, what well, we see on TV, you know, the, the rogue landlord, they'll be like, nothing wrong with that. Cut mm-hmm. a paint. Cut a paint. It'll be perfect. Doesn't matter yeah. if there's mold everywhere. Get your kids in there. Don't worry. Yeah. Put the put the put the uh, put the bed right against it. Cover it with a curtain. Uh, yeah. But so there are bad, there are terrible landlords out there. You know, putting twenty five people in a room and just looking at the money. But we care, and there are a lot yeah. of landlords out there that care. And that's the thing. There are. I want us to be the voice of the good landlords because there are a lot of good landlords out there that work. You know, it's not their main income, yeah. which it isn't mine, and it, I know it isn't yours. No. And, you know, that's why we're mortgage brokers and it's just a, a, an asset that we've invested money into to try and secure our pensions in the future without relying so much on the state. That's it. Moving money and just putting it to work for you. And this is very, very common for a lot of people. They still work, do all different jobs. So not, landlords aren't all these multimillionaires that sitting at home watching Homes Under the Hammer, getting tens of thousands of pounds coming in every month for doing nothing. The, the majority aren't like that and i just think the mindset needs to be changed slightly mm. um and i'm doing a video which has been released today actually on the impact as if if all buy to lets was just to be sold if landlords just were to all sell up the impact that would have so listeners check it out yeah do you want to give it no we won't ask for a sneak preview no watch the watch his channel i'll be <laughs> i'll be looking see if i can copy the content <laughs> all right well listen we got some great questions in this week uh yeah. and i know last week we were a little bit short on time so let's Let's explore this. And if we've got some time at the end, we can uh, we can have a little bit of banter about anything that we think was sort of uh, specific on there. So um, do you want to start? Shall I start? How do you want to go? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you. Okay. OK, so we've got Leanne Spinks. Thank you for your question. I want to buy a house, but I'm frightened in case I can't keep up the payments if I lost my job. Is this a common worry? Sorry, I just thought that'd be so much funnier if she went Leanne Spanks. Um, oh, hello, Leanne. Jesus. <laughs> x-rated you know, like, again spanx pants you know to oh. sort of hold you in right you, you do know you know yeah, that you'll but... come across it but you may have seen it in something spanx yeah. pants what well, have you got them on no i don't need them no i, like, <laughs> I let it all out 
I'm a modern man. I'm very comfortable <laughs> in my own skin. <laughs> you don't uh, need Leon's... it anyway. You're like no. a fitness fanatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Leon Spinks. I want to buy a house, but I'm frightened in case I can't keep up the payments if I lost my job. Is this a common worry? I'll be honest. It is a worry, but it's not a worry that most people go into a property purchase thinking about because they're, they're consumed with the joy and stress. So the stress of going through the process, the stress of solicitors, the stress of will somebody pull out and will I get gazumped and all the stress of buying it. I think is all consuming. And I think then when they get the keys, I've had somebody move in today and had a chat with them this morning, somebody yesterday, that joy of, yes, yeah, I'm in, you know, this is mine now. Mm. And then they find out the windows don't close and the boilers backed up. Yeah. But that joy is sort of all consuming. So you don't, you're not naturally thinking about, oh, if I get this property, what happens if I lose my job? You know, we as brokers will talk to you about the protection, you know, you should look at income protection, mortgage protection, that sort of thing during the journey. So we will highlight these things. But I honestly don't think it's a common worry, but I mm. think it is a worry because, of course, in this climate, we're all feeling a little bit uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's around the corner. So I do think that there is a concern there, but most people don't go into a purchase thinking about it, in my opinion. Do you see that? Yeah, I agree. But I also do think um, being sort of realistic, I think if everyone put their hand up and was really, really honest, anyone with a mortgage, unless it's a very, very small mortgage, and it's not really making a dent. Everyone at the back of their mind, even if there's a little 1%, there's a niggle to think, oh, I hope I don't lose my job. Or for someone that's self-employed, I hope I've got enough work for the next year to be able to pay yeah. for the roof over my head. And you never know. It doesn't matter whether you're employed or self-employed. People think that being employed is like, oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll, you can go into work and then get told that you've got to leave because of yeah. you know, you're being redundant or whatever. And it's the same with self-employed. You know, it, you've got that risk. And I think with mortgages, it's nine times out of 10, the biggest direct debit you're ever going to have coming mm -hmm. out your bank account for the majority of your life, yeah. unless you're very fortunate. Um, so I think it is natural to have an element of worry, but don't let it consume you. And like Ken said, I think it's about getting it right at the start to making sure you're not overstretching yourself and you're doing it the right way um, and having the relevant insurances in place in case the inevitable was to happen. Um, and I think that then pacifies the worry slightly. Yeah. And I think with employed as well as self-employed, I, I know it's a big thing for, for a self-employed. It's always trying to have some, I call it a parachute fund. You know, if all else fails and I have to jump out of the plane, I need something that's going to help me land. So I, a, I always like to have a certain reserve of money at the background, just in case mm. all hell breaks loose. And I think with self-employed, it's how far will that money take you? So right now, as a broker, being very transparent, this, this year has been not so good. It's been much quieter for us. Uh, buy to let market's very, very quiet. So our income stream is a lot lower than it used to be in the last few years. And therefore, rather than seeing my bank balance go up, I'm actually seeing myself either staying the same because what I put in, I've drawn out, or I've not actually put in as much as I need to. So therefore, my bank balance is going down and it's going down and it's going down. And that actually does cause stress. And if you think about when we apply for a mortgage and people say, oh, why are self-employed people treated different? Because employed could lose their job. I think that's a very valid point. Being employed doesn't give you the security that it used to do. And mm. actually, when lenders are judging self-employed against employed and they, they're favoring the employed, I don't know if that's really fair because actually both roles these days are in jeopardy. Yeah, so, and yeah. also the flip side of it is that if you're self-employed, you've got more of an incentive to work in my yeah. opinion, because yeah. you're the only one that's going to put food on the table. Whereas if you are employed, yes, there's a lot of people that are very motivated, love their job, you know, really, really 
um, involved in their work. However, they don't have that decision no. whether they get paid or not. They are relying on someone else to make them decisions. So, uh, and they probably know, get and they probably get sick pay. So if they want to yeah. take a day off, they yeah. probably think, well, actually, okay, that's not so bad. You know, I can do that. Whereas yeah. with us, it's a day off. Is you know, it's a it's a big thing. Let me sip. And then sit and carry on. <laughs> I remember when I had COVID, my daughter was in university, so we had a spare room. And I, I put myself in the room. I put the computer in there. And I, Lisa was mad as had it, really mad at me. She said, you need a rest. I said, I can't rest. I've got to work. And I had the computer mm. set up on my daughter's little desk. And I was yeah. working from my bedroom while I was isolating. It was mad. Uh, yeah. But that's what you do, isn't it? You do, yeah. And I had a similar thing. Yeah. I was on holiday in Spain. And um, we was next to the swimming pool. I was out of office and someone needed an application done ASAP to get this property. So I literally went back into the hotel room, logged onto the Wi-Fi, which was rubbish to try and get this app through for them. And you do it, don't you? Yeah, you now, do. if I was employed, I'd probably be like, nah. I know what I'm on holiday. <laughs> I have to yeah. say though, the fact that you're on holiday, you lost me for a moment because I thought you're lucky, lucky man. Lucky yeah, man. It was, on holiday. it was before kids. It was before <laughs> <laughs> cool let me ask you this question thanks leanne for that question hopefully i know you got around the houses glenn's been on holiday i've been locked in for covid hopefully you got the answer you want my dear uh mimi dot 99 can i get a stamp duty refund if i have sold my house glenn purchased a property to live in and then you've sold that property and then say you're going into rented or moving back with family or something like that then you just you can't get a stamp duty refund that's that's gone um if you buy a second property so for instance if you if you're living in a house and then you decide to switch that property to say a let to buy and then you buy a second property to live in then you will pay enhanced stamp duty. So you pay normal stamp duty anyway, then you'll pay the enhanced stamp duty, whatever that percentage will be when you buy it. If you decide to then sell your original house, which you switch to a let to buy, you then can um, request to get a stamp duty refund. So then you've only got one property, residential property again, and you can claim back the extra that you've paid. So it's not the normal amount, it's the extra enhanced amount that you have paid, um, which is good because some people, you know, don't want chains when they're buying. So they switch their current property to a let to buy, rent it out. Obviously, as long as all the affordability is there, um, buy their house that they want. And then they have three years to actually um, claim that money back. So it's three years from when they complete on their first purchase. Which gives them time to sell, doesn't it? Exactly. And they can rent it for a couple of years. You know, they might decide to move back and then sell their, their house that they purchased because they might not have liked where they've moved to. So it does give flexibility. And I know this is the case because I've done it myself. Um, so and to be fair, um, the solicitors have normally have a code. They do all the paperwork. And then it, it's normally I mean, don't quote me on this, but normally it's like five to 10 working days. And then um, the extra tax is paid straight back into your bank account. Yeah. So it, it can be a good thing. And they got 12 months from the sale of their property to, to get that sorted. So again, yeah. you don't want to be hanging around. Why would you? You want the money back in your bank account, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, Great. exactly. I think as soon as we sold it, we were like on the phone to the solicitor saying, where's the money, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the um, the only thing I would add there, guys, is that you do, seriously, you do have to prove that, <laughs> that this has all happened. So you mm. have to prove that that's now your main residence. Uh, they're not just going to take your word for it. There will need to be some proof. <laughs> Um, yeah. it's a bit like when people have consent to let on their properties and then they say to the bank, Oh, you know, my product transfer is coming up. 
will you let me switch? And they say, no, because you've got consent. So you're going to have to go on the standard variable. And all of a sudden they say, oh yeah, but I've moved back in. They say, oh, well, can you prove that please? You know, we want to see yeah. that you're back on the electoral roll. We want to see a bank statement. We want to see some, you know, some utility bills. bill. Yeah, yeah. We want to see some proof that you're back in. They're not silly. They're, They're not, not silly. <laughs> but I think sometimes people do think, oh yeah, we can pull the wool over their eyes. Oh yeah, just no. move back in. No, yeah. they've seen every trick under the book. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like being a parent, you know, when the kids are trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Dad, I did that. Yeah, right. Why have I mm. found it underneath your bed then? Yeah, you I've know, already checked. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makeup all over. Have you touched my makeup? Not mine, Lisa's. Yeah, you no, that's you. Hundred percent. Yeah. Have you touched my makeup? No. And there's like lipstick smudged all over their face. We know <laughs> their tricks. Uh, right. So right. So I've, I've got yeah. one for you. Thank you. Scooby Snacks 78. I don't know why I sung it like that. I think there was a song for Scooby Snacks. <laughs> it's a Scooby Snacks. Yeah, it so, was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, there was a song. Yeah, Scooby Snacks. Dora I never. I've got no. to know. I have to say, I never liked Scrappy Doo. Never liked Scrappy Doo. Think that was a waste of time. Scrappy, Scrappy Doo. No. Okay. What is that? Not was that a spin-off for Scooby Doo? It was like his little nephew or something. Ah, uh, was it? Yeah, he came never and joined that. them. Yeah, and then he had his own thing. Yeah, and he was he was the bad one. He was the bad yeah. one when the film came on. Anyway, uh, moving on. What does Scooby, sorry. Scooby Snacks want? Right. Scooby Snacks 78. My broker has just told me that my mortgage is going from £700 a month to £1,200 a month. Is there anything I can do to reduce this cost down? My budget really is £900, but I think this is taking the biscuit. <laughs> okay. I've frozen on the screen, but can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Yeah, okay, brilliant. All right. That's good. Yeah, my lip sync will be out. So basically, Scooby Snacks, it's a great question. Um, and I can understand you've obviously, you know, you have a lot of some money for it, which is really good. Uh, so mentally, you are trying to prepare yourself. Uh, we're back in sync now, which is great. And um, but that's shocking, isn't it? 700 to 1200. It's like five, you know, it's 500 quid increase. All of a sudden, it's like an extra mortgage. Mm. Um, we touched upon it earlier on, actually, which was about extending your term. Back in the day, most people were doing their mortgage to retirement. Some people were doing it to the age of 70. And a lot of lenders now will let you go to 75. Somewhere by you have to show evidence that you're actually contributing to a pension. So if you're employed, you might be in your company's pension or it might be a private pension that you're doing. Uh, one lender just needs a, a, a working into retirement form, which is really good. So I would suggest if you've not done it already, look to see whether or not you could extend the mortgage for now. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully that will... That will bring it down somewhat. We don't know by how much because we don't know what your age is. And to be honest, you may have already done this and it might still be this bad. And if you've already done it, then we are really sort of struggling a little bit because there's not many other mechanisms. Um, interest only, a lot of people think interest only is going to save them. But actually interest mm. only doesn't take your mortgage payments down that much when you consider the high interest rates that people are on right now. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, explore, first of all, taking the term out if you can. Uh, obviously, do shop around, get your broker to, to look at the market and see if there are better deals out there. And we are seeing a shift with the lenders where the rates are coming down regularly. So I think it's even if you get tied into a deal right now and it's, it's painful, don't think if you've got time, don't think that's going to be the end. As a broker, we are constantly monitoring the reductions that lenders are making. We've saved some clients like 200 pounds a month already just with continually monitoring the monthly cost and the monthly reductions from lenders. So there may be some light at the end of the tunnel, but Scooby Snacks, in all fairness, without knowing your individual position, age and everything else, I can't say that this is going to work, but these are suggestions that I would put forward. Anything yeah. else you think, Len? I think you covered it, mate, to be honest. I think every all of the above, yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, there's not much more to add, really. All right, perfect. 
Uh, Scooby Snacks, uh, let us know how you get on. We'd be uh, mm-hmm. really, yeah, that'd be nice. We haven't had anybody come back to us uh, about something we suggested. So good luck with that. Hope it works out. Uh, the next question's for you, Glenn, and it's The Simpsons. Very good. Oh, it's like we practice or something. <laughs> uh, we are looking at buying a flat, but it's above a shop, Glenn. It's above a shop. We've mm. been told that this can be difficult, but why? Why is it going to be difficult, Glenn? It really is the resale value. So if you're buying a property um, with no mortgage, you probably won't have a problem unless there's something structurally wrong. Yada, yada, yada. So, but again, seek advice with that. But if you're getting a mortgage, it depends on the lender. But one of the big things that lenders look at is resaleability. So whether that, that asset that they're lending on, what you can resell it and also risk. So one of the things they don't, or a few of the things they don't like is anything that could be a health risk as in safety. So if, for instance, if you've got a flat above a shop and maybe it's like, I don't know, uh, equivalent to a restaurant or somewhere where it cooks, um, you know, it's late night, there's high risk, there's, you know, flames. If it's like a, I don't know, kebab any shop? type of re- kebab shop. Yeah. Kebab yeah. Shop. I was going to say KFC, but I don't know whether I can say that. Anything like that. Fish and chip shop, anything like that. Um, then it could be seen as risk because obviously there's cooking going on consistently every single day, pretty much. Resaleability. So will people want to live above a shop if there's fumes and smells of you yeah. know kebab shop all day? You know, and it's all it's all them sort of things that you need to look into. If it was an office, for instance, if it was like a mortgage broker's or a solicitor's or an accountant's, then it's only only open for so many hours. Generally, it's not at the weekend. It's not really noisy. There's not going to be queues of people outside. Um, generally, it's kept clean and, you know, et cetera. So, again, the surveyor, we always say it depends on the surveyor. Subject to surveyor's comments, yeah. Exactly. It's like you get out of jail card, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. With surveyors, they are the eyes and ears of the bank or building society. So the bank could say, yeah, yeah, we're happy with that on their criteria. You could do the application, the mortgage broker could do the application, but it all depends on the surveyor. They have so much power. Um, they could go to the property and go, mm, not happy with it because of X, Y, Z. They will go back to the lender. If it if it's slightly out of lender criteria, then they could decline the mortgage. So need to go into it really with eyes wide open. And also, if there is someone that you're buying it off of um and they have a mortgage it's always a little tip to ask them the lender that they've used golden nuggets yeah, yeah. ask them to what lender have you got your mortgage with because then your broker or if you go direct whatever however you do it you could go to that and then it's harder for them to probably say we're not going to lend to you on the criteria unless it's changed yeah um because they're already got that asset risk on that property yeah. Would you agree? I think that's a, that, that is a really good little tip because I think that's the one thing that people aren't thinking about. If they're struggling to get the mortgage, who is the current mortgage lender if there is one? Obviously, some people don't have a mortgage, so therefore it's, it's mm. a lot harder. But yeah, I agree with everything. I mean, obviously, the smells, the sights, the, the, the danger. Um, and even properties that are adjacent can be an issue. So it doesn't have to be directly above. Sometimes it could be adjacent. It could be a garage on a corner and you're you're a little bit further down. But they really don't like it. We had a property that originally was lent to, and I think there was a baker's. And then that changed, uh, totally had a change of, of usage, and it became a bookies. And mm. they didn't want it, to, when we were trying to remortgage it elsewhere, nobody wanted to touch it. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they don't like sex shops, they don't like bookies, the restaurants are not overly keen with, uh, pubs 
because of you know, antisocial behavior as well late into the night. So there's lots of reasons for lenders to step away from it. But mm. there are some lenders in that space. I mean, I'm doing one currently that's above shops and um, limited company buy to let. It's like, wow, buy to let. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then it's yeah. above a shop. Oh, no. no. Um, but I mean, we're pushing that through with all the more. And it was always I cautioned the client from the early, early setup. It's going to be subject to surveyor's comments. If surveyor doesn't like it, the bank isn't going to lend. Mm. Um, and as long as you're aware of that going in and your broker should be making you aware, then I think, like Len said, eyes open. Yeah, that's the key thing. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it, exactly. You, you just do your research. Don't just because, again, because of the price. We've said this before. Sometimes things are seem too good to be true. Um, and it may be a reason why that property is so cheap. Um, because maybe you, you're there kicking the can down the road and you yeah. have a problem further on. Well, I know for a fact that this this particular property, um, they had somebody else before and it, it fell apart. And it's probably just purely because they weren't with the right lender. Mm. Uh, I mean, literally, I scoured the market uh, to find this lender and it's the only lender I could go with so they don't have a backup plan. <laughs> this is yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so from that perspective, you know, again, we're talking about the value of brokers, you know, a lot of brokers have different experiences. Some go that little bit further, but for my client, if this comes through, I mean, I will, I'll be, he'll love me and I'll, yeah. I'll have more business because he's going to try and buy more, but it's yeah. just about, it's understanding the pros and cons, but also making him aware that, that this could still fall flat in his face if the surveyor had said the wrong things. So yeah, brilliant. So, Great question. So I, I was going to say for all the new listeners on uh, Apple and Spotify, mm. where can they find you now, Ken? Well, you can find me on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, TikTok is my main loving channel. And I am at Everything Mortgages. Or at the moment, it says at Huzzah Mortgages. Huzzah. Mm. Uh, but it needs to change back to at Everything Mortgages, I've been told. <laughs> so I have to go back. But I'm on LinkedIn, Ken James. I'm on Insta, CMS hyphen mortgages. And, and what about you, Glenn? So, yeah, so if you, for business purposes, if you wanted to reach out, if you needed some advice on natural business, mortgages, insurance, et cetera, um, it's RFS Mortgages. Google it. We're based in Rayleigh in Essex, but we cover the whole of the UK. Um, and all my social media is Glenn Russell Property on TikTok, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. Brilliant. So, guys, let us know what you thought of this episode. Uh, give us a five-star review. It'd be great to hear from you with any questions uh, and you see how we deal with them. But for this week's episode, it is going to be goodbye from Ken. And it's goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Goodbye.